You may think your hotel is already green, but are you green enough for today's eco-conscious traveler? Welcome to the Sustainable Hospitality Podcast, your destination to learn from hospitality professionals on the value and opportunities sustainability will bring to your organization. It will put more heads in beds and lower costs at the same time. We are your hosts and sustainable hospitality experts, Kathy McGuire and Amy Walls. I'm your host, Kathy McGuire. In this episode, we speak with Blake Engelhard, Director of Growth at Gooder, whose mission is to end waste, fight hunger, and feed communities. He'll discuss how it's not a matter of food shortages, but rather a logistics problem. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone. It is my pleasure to introduce Blake Engelhart, who is the Director of Growth at Gooder, that's spelled G-O-O-D-R. And this is uh, a program in Atlanta, Georgia, where they get food that is being recovered because it's they've made too much and takes it to people that need the food. So this is going to be a wonderful topic to talk about. Welcome, Blake. Thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Kathy. Absolutely. Um, so let's get started. Um, how did you get started? How did Gooder get started um, doing this work? So our founder, Jasmine Crow, has a, an incredible story. Um, she has a TED Talk, which you can uh, see online, uh, all about why we are doing the wrong things to fight hunger um, and what the right things are. And so the, the company was founded in 2017 on the back of some of the uh, food insecurity work that Jasmine was doing. So Jasmine had, was putting together events for different celebrities to help people. And those events typically happen during um, you know, the holidays. And so in between, she had a lot of free time. So she just added on the streets of Atlanta, started feeding people you know, out of her apartment, cooking pastas and whatever she could you know, make up. Um, and she started to see there were two hour lines to her apartment. And she was thinking, well, you know, I never wait two hours to go to a restaurant. I'd be furious. Right. So, you know, let me, you know, make this a better experience. And so she turned it into what she called Sunday soul, where they would basically make a, you know, a restaurant with, you know, the white tablecloths and all the nice things. And people would be able to make reservations and come to it. It was really incredible. One of the Sunday soul events ends up going viral over social media and, um, people start commenting, you know, where do you get the food donated from? And, and so Jasmine responds to, you know, she's thinking to herself, you know, maybe people donated five or $10, but you know, I'm just, I'm price matching, I'm couponing, I'm at the grocery store trying to find this, you know, food for people. And, um, so she started doing, you know, a quick Google search, what happens to food, you know, at the end of the night, you know, where, do, where, where does food get donated and started to see just some crazy information. Um, you know, she knew from her work before, uh, about how bad inse food insecurity is, right? I mean, last year it was 42 million Americans are food insecure this year. That number has risen all the way to 54 million Americans that are food insecure. That's, that's one seventh, every one in seven people in the U S. And if you look at certain, um, you know, higher density population areas, it rises a lot more in a lot of areas. Um, so it's a scary number and what she was finding online was that 72 billion pounds of food are going to landfill every year. And so those two next to each other, you know, kind of struck a chord. Um, and she stayed up all night and, and it was around the time 
when these apps like Postmates or DoorDash started, you know, everybody was sending their friend the $5, $10 referral fee coupon, you know, for if you download the app. Um, and so she thought, well, you know, what if I could just reverse engineer one of those apps so that instead of bringing the food to the customer who ordered it, the restaurant could be the one that orders it and will bring it to someone in need. And uh, that's really, you know, the basis of, of what our company has been built on is this idea that food insecurity is not really an issue of scarcity. Uh, it's a matter of logistics. Excellent. Uh, that It just sounds amazing. When I first heard about it, that's why I definitely wanted to speak to you about this. Um, so how do you uh, how do you engage uh, participation from the people who have the leftover food? Absolutely. So we work with airports, hotels, restaurants, caterers, uh, you name it, office spaces, production sets. Basically, everybody who's in a business with enough people has uh, has to figure out how to get them food. And because of that, they end up having excess. Um, so, you know, the way that we, you know, get in touch with uh, a lot of these is a lot of it has happened through the PR that Jasmine's had through her TED Talk and things like that. People have reached out to us um, and, you know, we've gotten some really great clients that way. Uh, we also have, you know, a team that's really on the front lines going after, you know, anywhere from small mom and pop restaurants all the way to the you know, big hotel chains of the world, uh, just trying to get in touch with them, trying to find introductions uh, to them to, you know, help them with that piece of their, uh, of their business. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, what we're able to do for a business is we're able to give them, we have a technology that tracks all the data, right? And that you pick, you request a pickup through our, through our app, and then our app will track your sustainability information, like how many pounds are diverted through land to, from landfill, uh, how many carbon emissions have been diverted because of donating the food instead of th- throwing it away, which is really cool, as well as you know what people like to use for PR, how many people you fed. Um, and then last but not least, and this is huge for a lot of for-profit businesses we work with, is we can provide the tax deductions. And so when people think, you know, what, what am I going to do with a, you know, a tin of chicken or mac and cheese, right? But it's a couple hundred dollars. It's not, you know, in retail value, it probably costs the restaurant 40 bucks, something like that relative to, you know, how much food they're producing. You know, they might think, you know, what's that going to do for my business? And, you know, over the course of the year, well, that's, you know, 30,000, 80,000, $90,000 in tax deductions. Um, And so that's, those are really the things that motivate people to buy. And, you know, we've been, we've been blessed to get to work with a lot of big companies you know, the Atlanta airport, the busiest airport in the country is one of our clients. We've worked with the number one and number three convention center in the country, McCormick Place and Georgia World Congress Center. We've worked with, you know, the Lakers, the Hawks, uh, big stadiums. We've worked with, um, you know, Papa John's, uh, Netflix, uh, Google. We've had a lot of really amazing opportunities. Um, and, you know, we're hoping to, you know, continue to meet the right people to do that. That's great. Now, how do, how does the app work? How do you um, so someone's got leftover food? Do they go onto the app and say, "I've got you know all these trays of pasta," and then how do you do? You have your own trucks that refrigerated trucks that go get the food. Or how how do you how do you pick it up and then how do you get it to where uh, it, it needs to go? Absolutely. Um, so the way that the uh, the app works is. Somebody will sign up for the app. Typically, uh, people are on something like a monthly subscription. 
to be able to, you know, get the amount of pickups that they're, that they're looking for. And, um, you know, when they are on the app, they are able to request up uh, similar to how you would request an Uber, except their menu is loaded in. So then they can see here are the menu items. Everything's already filled in for them. So all they have to do is just say, oh, today it's 20 bagels, right? Uh, they just enter that quantity, click confirm, and one of our drivers will come pick up the food. Uh, we have a network in Atlanta of about 50 uh, drivers, um, but nationwide we have third-party logistics partners so we can pick up anything in any 50 states from something that's going to fit in the front seat of a car all the way to something you might need an 18-wheeler to, to uh, make the connection. And so your drivers then, how do you know who needs the food, whether it's a you know, a soup kitchen or pantry, how, how do you know where to take it? Who needs that's, it? That's a great question. So we have a nonprofit team that is nonstop trying to sign up nonprofits. Their goal, and we'll see if they get there, uh, but their goal for this year is to get to 100,000 nonprofits on the network. Um, our hope is that, you know, in any market in the country, people could book at any time of the day. You know, some smaller cities, we might need to say restaurant or airport or whoever it is, you know, please hold on to the food just until the morning and place it when, you know, the few nonprofits nearby can pick up. Um, but, you know, typically for our big, for airports in particular, right, they're in a busy enough area for major cities. They're in a busy enough area where there's shelters nearby that need food. There's food pantries that need food. There's uh, unfortunately right now a lot of people that are going hungry. And so um, there's a lot of opportunity to help. So uh, who pays for the services that you offer? Do like hotels pay like a fee to participate um, in your program? Absolutely. Yeah, it works just like that. So the hotel or restaurant, whoever the donor is, uh, will pay for the pickup uh, and they'll end up getting typically five to 10 times uh, the cost of the service back in tax deductions. Um, so that's a huge benefit. The other big benefit on the sustainability side is that 27% of landfill is food, which means uh, that when you look at your trash at the end of the night, the heaviest thing in your trash, as well as you know, one of the largest volume items in your trash is going to be food. So the more that we can go ahead and get that out of there, the lower your costs are going to be. We also opened up X recycling program in tandem with our food rescue program so that we can handle any uh, food, ex excess food that people have to make sure it doesn't go to landfill and either goes to people uh, or, you know, goes to feed animal, turn it into fuel or compost. Oh, that's, that's terrific. Now for those people who might be um, a little fearful about being sued, um, you know, the liability with donating, especially perishable food, like, you know, trays of, pasta or whatever. Um, um, what is your response to that? That is the number one question that I get. Uh, and I'm, I am lucky that the U.S. government allowed it to be the easiest question to answer. In 2011, the U.S. government uh, created the, um, the Good Samaritan Act, which protects any commercial kitchens from donating food to nonprofits. Uh, so they are completely protected under that. We add a few of our own little flavors in there to make sure that we give them extra protection, uh, especially when you're working with, you know, big chains or airports. They are uh, big on any protections legally that, that you can have. So, you know, we have a 
very, very large insurance policy with a clause of subrogation. So that keeps the client completely out of it. And if anything happens, we also have all of our nonprofits sign hold harmless agreements. So they're not going to sue us and they're not going to sue uh, our client. Uh, they're responsible for the food as well as we actually provide supplies for any hot food for, for most of our clients. And so well, they'll, instead of putting it in one of their own containers with their name on it, they'll put it on a container with a gooder name on it. So they know that there's nothing coming back to them uh, in that case scenario. Um, and we also, of course, have food safety guidelines that we provide all the people we're working with. And those are really just based on the guidelines put out by the USDA. Right. Uh, you know, one thing I'm not sure if you're aware of, because I did a little research on my own about um, the liability uh, for uh, donating food. The University of Arkansas did a study and not one case of anyone suing at all since it, since it began back in 2011. So that that's pretty significant um, right there. I was wondering, um, now you, you said you're kind of nationwide. How would, well, how would a community uh, or, or uh, say hotel chains or whatever, how would they uh, perhaps get involved with Gooder? Absolutely. So the best way would be to go to Gooder, G-O-O-D-R.co, that's .co, click on the request a meeting button, request a demo, uh, and uh, book a meeting with us. You know, we're happy to just walk you through and do an assessment of, you know, what might look like, right? If, you know, you're a rep, small restaurant that only at the end of the night, we can go ahead and look at, you know, how much food waste you might have um, to figure out if it's a good fit for you. Because uh, we really only want to work with people where it will be a good fit for them for the long run. Um, and that's probably the best way to get in touch with us. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, this has been very insightful. I really appreciate you taking the time, Blake, to speak with us about what you're doing and keep up the good work and um, take care. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you very much, Kathy. It's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on the Sustainable Hospitality Podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe. And if you'd like a free consultation on becoming a much greener hotel, please visit us at sustainablehospitalitypodcast.com.